Welcome to You Relevant, the podcast that is all about helping you find relevance in the economy of now. My name is Mike Wheeler, and I'm an online instructor, entrepreneur, and cloud career coach. I gravitate towards tools and tech that enable you to create something new, advance your career, and find the intersection between attainable and essential. So I was watching a documentary the other day, and one of the people speaking was asking someone else, what would it take to convince you that I'm right and you're wrong? And that person said that what they needed was data. All they needed was data to be convinced that they were wrong or right. And so this podcast episode is about data, but it's data to point to how well Salesforce is doing now that we're several months into this COVID crisis. There were a lot of unknowns going into February, March, April of 2020, because this was an unprecedented thing and we just needed more time to see how things were going to shake out as far as the grand reopening of the economy, to see what direction the coronavirus was going to take, especially in the United States, and then as well what moves Salesforce was going to make in the cloud and in their business. And now we've recently had some earnings calls come out. And what has been revealed is that Salesforce is in an even stronger position than I could have dreamed or imagined a few months ago. And So this is great news, not only for myself, but for you as well, if you're considering going all in with Salesforce for your career. I think they're very strongly positioned and I want to go into that in depth in this episode. Not get bogged down in the numbers or the data, but just to show you overall at a very high level and give you some resources and references to look at for yourself to dig into the numbers to see that this is indeed a safe call for the future as far as your career goes. So first of all, there's an article that I'll link to, and there's been a lot of articles coming out. I'm recording this really late, actually, on August 31st, Monday night. So we're on the cusp of a new month here in September, and this article came out on August 30th, and this is on a website called Seeking Alpha, and it's called Cloud Stocks, Way to Go Salesforce, and I'll link to that in the description of this podcast episode. And at a high-level summary, it's saying that there's been another stellar quarter for Salesforce, and what's nice about this is that we've had some time on the clock now with COVID-19 and we're seeing the hard numbers of the actual growth during this time of Salesforce. And they had what they're calling another blowout quarter and their stock has climbed additionally because of that. Now into the specifics a little bit is that Salesforce's revenues for the second quarter grew 29% and that's to 5.15 billion. That is above analyst estimates of 4.9 billion. So analysts were estimating 4.9 billion actually came in at 5.15. And so a few key things to look at is that subscription and support revenues grew 29% and professional services and other revenues grew 23%. And so during this past quarter, their segments grew 29% and 23%. And then looking ahead for their third quarter, they're looking at and projecting revenues growing to 5.25 billion. And that would be up from 5.15 billion this past quarter as well. So it's continuing to grow. Some of this growth is through various acquisitions that Salesforce has done, such as Tableau, which is a great data analytics package that has appeared on a lot of Salesforce job openings on the various job boards that I've noticed in the past, as well as Integration Cloud, which was formerly MuleSoft. That was a company that Salesforce acquired as well. So that's one of their strategic things that Salesforce has done over the years that I've seen them do is that they address their weaknesses by acquiring technologies that play nice with Salesforce. They usually don't go real far afield of their core offerings or things that don't integrate 
integrate with Salesforce, but they see what tools do companies gravitate towards that they implement and integrate with Salesforce. And that is something that's borne out in these job postings that I've seen and monitored over the years. Some of the commonly recurring themes that I've seen was Tableau and MuleSoft. And lo and behold, Salesforce acquired them to bring that in-house as far as the portfolio of solutions that Salesforce provides. And it only makes sense. But to me, the main takeaway of this first article that is on SeekingAlpha.com, and you can find other articles about Salesforce's Q2 earnings call, is that during this pandemic, during the shutdown, during all of this upheaval to the world and to the economy, Salesforce has grown 29% compared to the same quarter last year, which was pre-COVID. That just boggles my mind because we have had such record unemployment and so many financial hardships out there. And so Salesforce is obviously well positioned to weather this storm. Now, I have been around the block enough to know that there's no company that is 100% safe all the time. I've seen bellwether companies go under virtually overnight, and a lot of times that's through scandal. So there could be some unforeseen scandal looming on the horizon. And so, you know, take everything with a grain of salt. I don't have a crystal ball. I don't know the future. But I do know that in a time of uncertainty such as this, having some data is very helpful. And we now have this data through this earnings call. Now, what this means for you in your career is that you can rest easier as far as knowing, okay, this is a place that I can invest my time in order to skill up and advance my skills into this fourth industrial revolution that we've been talking about on this podcast and elsewhere. And know that there's going to be a lot of relevant jobs out there into the future. I think what we see happening in the Salesforce ecosystem now that we have several months on the clock and letting things shake out and the dust to settle a little bit on this pandemic, frankly, is that this hardship that companies are going through is forcing their hand to make moves that they normally would have drug their feet on. When times are good, companies aren't really quick to innovate or to advance and not doing real drastic cost-cutting maneuvers. Now, whenever survival is on the line and you've got to remain competitive in order to survive during a financial downturn, this is when you see companies migrating to Salesforce and migrating more and more of their operations to the cloud. They're starting to mothball more and more of their servers and data centers and as well legacy systems and mainframes and some of this older technology that is well past its prime and has been long overdue for being migrated to the cloud. And what Salesforce enables companies to do very rapidly is to replace existing legacy systems and retire them in favor of having everything under one umbrella or one digital roof or one cloud and that being Salesforce. And that makes it more and more attainable as they do bring in these integration cloud with MuleSoft and Data Cloud with Tableau, for example. And those are just two of many other examples that Salesforce has been doing over the years. But they have positioned themselves to be able to weather this type of storm and post these amazing results. And I'm just blown away by the results that they've exhibited. Now, on the heels of that as well, a couple of caveats, one positive, one negative. Now, as soon as this earning call came out in this great news and the stock price went up, Salesforce did announce about a thousand layoffs internally. So to Mark Benioff's credit, he did have a 90-day guarantee of not laying off any workers back in March of this year whenever the COVID crisis was really hitting. He made a pledge to his employees that there would be no layoffs for 90 days and he actually chided other companies for not doing the same. The problem is, is that other companies aren't as well positioned to weather this sort of storm like Salesforce is and that's how Mark Benioff knew that he could promise not to lay anyone 
went off for 90 days is because Salesforce was doing quite well. Now, a thousand people in the grand scheme of things is not a lot of headcount trimming inside of Salesforce, and I don't have all the specifics on what positions were cut or why that was, but there has been a slight bit of downsizing there. But then on the heels of that news was the news that Salesforce was being admitted into the Dow Jones Industrial Average as far as one of the companies being included for the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And I am not a stock person. I don't know much about the Dow Jones industry, but I will link to an article that is titled, Apple is no longer king of the Dow. The new tech king of the Dow is Salesforce. And reading this, Salesforce is not the most highly valued company. Apple, Microsoft, Google, they all dwarf Salesforce. They're so much bigger than Salesforce as far as sheer revenue and size. Even companies such as Cisco or Intel are larger. But as far as the Dow Jones Industrial Average and how things are weighted, Salesforce is weighted more heavily than those other companies, those other tech stocks on the Dow Jones. And so I will link to that CNN article as well with uh, Salesforce being added to the Dow Jones Industrial Average. I think that the company that Salesforce took the place of was Exxon. And so you'll see a lot of articles out there touting how going away on the Dow Jones Industrial Average is Exxon and being added into the fold of Salesforce and this analogy of how data is the new oil and that's more valuable than oil. I don't think it's such a cut and dried analogy that you can make. It just so happens that over time, the Dow Jones Industrial average needs to take in new companies or remove old companies as companies become irrelevant and as other newer companies become relevant. And so we're seeing this news that Salesforce has weathered the storm quite well, thank you very much, and had a 29% growth over last year and, and far exceeded analyst expectations. That's cooling people in that they're well positioned into the future. And then as well, they're now being brought into the Dow Jones Industrial Average, and they're the most highly weighted tech company of the tech companies and there's only 30 companies in the world uh, that consist of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. And I didn't really realize how few there were in that list. And so for Salesforce to be there, that is a good indicator of the economy as a whole. And the reason that is, and this is just Mike Wheeler sitting in his little sound booth near Nashville, Tennessee, pontificating. But my theory is, is that sales has its presence. I wanted to say tentacles, but that sounds a little nefarious. They have a presence across a grand swath of industries and verticals. It's not just technology. And there were people asking the question, well, why isn't Facebook, for example, a larger piece of the Dow Jones Industrial Average? And something like a Facebook is more considered a communications utility and not a tech company. And so Salesforce is really being shown a lot of respect by being put in this position. And also the stock market as a whole recognizes that a company like Salesforce has a very very wide footprint. It may not be quite as deep or leave quite a dent in the ground like some of the behemoths like Microsoft or Google, but it is a very wide presence across virtually every industry. And so what that means for you as someone concerned about your career and your future moving into the 2020s now and with this whole new world that we are facing collectively is that this is a safer bet than most. Now, of course, anything can happen, as I mentioned, but really there are no guarantees in life, but the safest bet that I can see and the most attainable 
path to a cloud career even now today is indeed Salesforce. And these are signs and symptoms of that fact. These are things that I point to, and this is data. So just hearkening back to the beginning of this episode and what will it take to convince you that Salesforce is the right path, data being one of those options I give you. So it's one thing to marvel at how well Salesforce is doing, but what's in it for you? And you could just hear all that and say, well, who cares? What is in it for me? And so I want to take us from the 40,000 foot view of Salesforce and really hone in and niche down and help you find your own path to a successful cloud career on this particular platform. And so I previously talked about the three pillars of a successful Salesforce career. And in that episode, I talked about in a nutshell, marketing, sales, and service. And just as a brief reminder, it is marketing is the beginning of any business to business or business to consumer relationship where you hope to do business with someone. And with marketing, that's where you're trying to attract attention. You're trying to generate leads, basically. The second pillar is sales. That's where you're trying to attain customers and close deals. And then third and final is service. And that's where you're trying to retain customers because the old mantra goes that it's 10 times more expensive to gain a new customer than it is to retain an existing customer. So marketing, sales, and service, which are the three primary clouds that Salesforce provides, marketing cloud, sales cloud, and service cloud. Now, I want to direct your attention to trailhead.salesforce.com. They've recently updated Trailhead to give you more details around the various career paths that you can pursue as a Salesforce professional. So I want to link to that as well in the description, look for a resources section. So if you click on other roles, what I'm looking at here, it gives you details about Salesforce being the third most in-demand technology skill in 2018. And somewhere in here, Salesforce provides the references and resources for this. And I do recognize that 2018 is a couple of years ago now. It was the third most in-demand technology skill. What's significant to me is that I know the year prior, it was the seventh most in-demand technology skill as far as job postings go. Salesforce has just continually gone up that list as far as one of the most in-demand technology skills out there. And Salesforce as well is run by over 80% of all Fortune 500 companies. And so all large companies of note typically use Salesforce in some form or capacity for marketing, sales, or service. Now, the reason I bring this up is that there are a lot of different paths that you can take and it can be come quite overwhelming. That's one of the things that a lot of my students have faced is this feeling of overwhelm. Where do I begin? How do I know where I'm going? The first place and where you need to begin Unless someone is a natural born coder and they know development and they have a background doing development, if that is you, then I encourage you to just go straight down the path of becoming a developer. But for everyone else, that would be about 99% of those of you listening right now, I would recommend that you start with trying to attain the Salesforce Administrator Certification because it is there that you will learn the fundamentals of the platform. And then once you've attained that certification, then you can start to figure out where you go from there. And the primary paths that you can go once you've become an administrator, as far as being certified at least, is you can go down the path of being an administrator. There's not as many jobs in the administrator path and there's more competition there. So it is a rougher road to just attain the administrator certification and try and land an administrator job, but it is possible. But if you wanna try and set yourself 
apart. You could try and gain business analyst skills as well. You can explore becoming a consultant. You could explore trying to become a developer. The next step, if you want to try to become a developer with no development background, I recommend that people go first for administrator to learn the fundamentals of the platform. Next, go for the platform app builder certification. That takes you all the way up to where you need to start coding, but you're not expected to know how to code in order to pass the platform app builder certification. But it is there that you'll really need to go in depth with processes and flows quite heavily and do a lot of programmer type things, a lot of developer type things, but with clicks instead of code. So the platform app builder certification is more of what is termed a declarative developer or declarative programmer there's not any coding involved and it is clicks instead of code and then if you want to you could go for the developer one certification but there are a lot of options for you as a professional moving forward and so starting with the administrator certification to learn the fundamentals and then you really just look at what you've done in the past or what you have on your resume. What of those three areas have you gravitated towards in the past? Was it marketing or was it sales or was it service? So if you have a really heavy service-oriented background, if you've worked in call centers or if you've done field service before, then a natural path for you to take would be the service cloud consultant certification and then possibly after that field service lightning certification as well. If you have more of a sales background, then it would make sense after you attain the administrator certification to go for the sales cloud consultant certification and there is no harm in just going down the path of just sticking with being an administrator and then going for the advanced administrator certification as well so there are a lot of certifications out there there are a lot of paths so the things that you can do is look at your past to inform your future look at your resume look at your LinkedIn profile and those better be up to date if you're looking for a job in today's environment and the frequency of those updates is one of the main indicators to recruiters that you are available and looking is the recency of updates. All things being equal, you'll rise up through the search results compared to your competitors that you're competing against if you have updated your LinkedIn profile more recently. So look at what you've done in the past, look at what interests you as far as moving into the future, and then find across those different cloud offerings of marketing, sales, or service, and pick a path, and then just devote yourself to that. And don't try and do multiple things things at once. Just stick with attaining the first certification and also don't wait to be certified to start interviewing. There's no harm in trying to land a job even before you're certified. The worst that will happen is that they will tell you no or you don't have enough experience. Now, just a brief reminder of what to do with that phrase that you will hear often, you don't have enough experience. I do encourage you to make your own experience and you do that by volunteering and by building a portfolio, spending time on Trailhead, working through my courses on MikeWheelerMediaPlus.com and then as well just figuring out apps that you can build that you can use in your own life. There's an app for that. It's lurking inside of you. And as you learn the platform, you can make that a reality. It doesn't have to be a perfect app. It just needs to be your app or your apps that you build. And you have this portfolio of applications that you can then bring either screenshots and printouts of or bring an iPad or a laptop to an interview and be able to demo those things live and talk through the user interface and the requirements gathering that you did and the solution that you built and some of the technical challenges that you overcame. That is a lot better than saying you've done nothing on the platform or you have 50 badges 
on Trailhead or you're a ranger on Trailhead, being able to show that you've solved a problem on the platform that is technical in nature is worth its weight in gold in the interview room because you have something to say, something to respond with, you have stories to tell. So marketing, sales, and service, look at where you have experience, niche down, figure out your path, start with the admin certification and then branch out from there and then just follow the work and work begets more work. Once you have that first Salesforce job, that has you on the conveyor belt of success quite literally. And I see so much movement among Salesforce professionals going from one opportunity to the next. And it's not typically a lateral or a downwards move, but it's some sort of career progression up the ladder, higher rates, more prestige roles, higher visibility, to executives. Those sorts of maneuvers are very common in this space. So just keep in mind and take it to heart that Salesforce is now part of the Dow Jones Industrial Average. Salesforce grew 29% over the same quarter last year pre-COVID, and they're very well positioned into the future. Now, more than ever, Salesforce still is the most attainable path to a cloud career. And in your journey of trying to find the intersection of attainable and essential, bear that in mind as you move forward and push all the chips on the table and go all in with trying to pursue a Salesforce career. This is not something that you can do halfway. You need to really put the blinders on to other shiny things, other things that may seem like, oh, I should do this, or I should do that. Just spend the three to six months that you need in order to truly get certified, make some experience, get that LinkedIn profile up and running, build a portfolio. And before you know it, you'll be working in the ecosystem and having your own success story to share with me and with others. And with that, just a brief reminder, if you have a success story or a question that you would like to ask, just look for the link in the description of where you can go in order to send me a voice message. Remember that by leaving me a voice message, you agree to being featured on the show possibly, and as well to keep those under one minute in length. And then also another reminder real quick, is if you do leave a voice message, please do share whatever name you're comfortable with sharing. It can just be your first name. If you could share where you're joining me from, that would be helpful as well. That helps to personalize this voice other than my own on this show. And I thank those of you that have left me messages in the past. And so I want to thank you so much for spending time with me today. So hopefully you found this episode helpful and it has given you some data and that it has convinced you that you are on the right path. And so now it's time to chill out and be focused and succeed into the future and using Salesforce as one of those tools that you can add to your arsenal. Best of luck to you and I'm rooting for you. And please do share your success stories with me in the future. And I'm so excited to see the great things that you build in the cloud, especially your own career. So if you could please do this new podcaster a solid, please share this podcast with others. I also want to hear your voice. Please do reach out to me. I want to include the voices of my listeners. If you have any questions, leave that in a voice message. You may be featured in a future episode. And please subscribe, share, spread the word about you relevant. And together, we'll help you and others find relevance in the economy of now. Thanks. Thanks.